0: Hey everyone, hey, and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee. Thank you so much for joining me. We are going through the entirety of Metallica's back catalogue. We are currently on the letter C. So if you're joining us in real time, thank you so much because we're very early in the journey. It's going to take us about three years or so. I was actually consulting my calendar just for I went on air. I've got sort of the next year or so mapped out uh, with the guests I'm going to have on. This time next year, I'll be digging into Invisible Kid. So even then, we're going to have a hell of a lot of the alphabet to go. So if you want to get on the show, uh, like my guest, yesterday, please get in touch with me, you know, Twitter's probably the best way, Metallica Pod, email as well is probably even better actually, MetallicaPod at gmail.com, bit of long form correspondence, I read out the letters on the show as well, and yeah, if you want to get involved, let me know what songs you want to do, pretty much anything from H onwards I would recommend asking for, i Up until there, there's a few songs here and there. Basically all the Lulu tracks no one's asked for, so I'm likely going to have to do them on my own. But that's okay, I understand that. But the rest have pretty much been taken. But yeah, anything really from Hardwired onwards. So let me know. You know, We wouldn't be recording them until maybe May next year, so you'll have a long time to do your notes. But get in touch with me there. Uh, We've got the Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash AlphaBetallica. If you want to give back to the show, greatly appreciate it there. The link will be in the description. What I do for the Patreon is two sort of different tiers. The first tier is you know sort of thank you tier you'll get you know get your name read out on the podcast You're just giving back a little i really appreciate that and the second tier slightly more uh three dollars get you access to any extra episodes that i eventually put on the youtube channel so at the time of us recording this uh my napster episode which i believe will be out by the time this gets released on there where i sort of explore the history of metallica and napster i'm doing a big series upcoming with a good friend of mine sam where we're going to review every single metallica music video as well it's going to be like a five six part series because i just did so many fucking videos for hardwired it's going kind to of extended it but that's going to be fun as well so that will be on the patreon um yeah itunes as well please subscribe on youtube leave us a comment leave us a review all that good stuff but yeah today we're going to be digging into uh, carpe diem baby with john how's it going john i'm
1: good tom how are you doing man? I'm,
0: I'm i'm very well and in the email you sent me a few months ago now you've been a fan of metallica for a lot longer than myself since 1988
1: yes i'm i'm old tom <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> yeah i uh, yeah uh, it's like i think like with most things with music you know i had a group of friends and they had older brothers and you know i wanted to be cool like them and they listened to this loud aggressive music and i thought i i want to be like that so i asked them one of the brothers to do me a tape and it i was uh i'm justice for all
0: wow wow and i mean was it was it was it love at first riff
1: uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, as you talked about on the blackened episode, you know, it's kind of that, that weird backwards sort of what's this intro and then suddenly the the riff starts and I was like, ah, oh, this is, yeah, this is okay. I think I'll keep, I'll keep listening to this. This sounds okay.
0: <laughs> and, you know, following the band from 88, like, I just, I, I always say this to people, I've had a few people on like yourself who've been following them for quite a while. He must have been so fantastic when they're releasing like the black album to be a fan of this behemoth. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, the the the, uh, the the black album was the sort of the the start of, I suppose, my intense fandom because when that came out, I was uh, what was that ninety one, so I was about eleven ish, twelve ish, so just on that cusp of, you know, when you're trying to find your identity and who you are as a person. And I remember going and buying the uh, Enter Sandman picture disc single, the seven inch single, with my nan of all people. Right. So we were hanging out in our price, you know, in the metal section. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so it was just you know incredible, and that started off my bootleg thing, So there was a lot of bootleg tape trading and things like that. So it it was a, it was a, a an exciting time to sort of discover this whole genre of music, really, or really get into the genre of the music. Yeah.
0: Mm. And you know, in terms of a critical appreciation of the band, obviously this this isn't your first foray. You sent me a link um, to your blog, which I've been reading um, throughout the mm. day, which which is excellent. You did a lot of stuff on Metallica. Notes from an Octave, is that right? That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know we got reviews of sort of you know various recollections of Metallica for out there but i mean in wider sort of appreciation like what what is the blog is it just kind of your your musings on you know musical nonsense
1: yeah basically yeah. um uh, it, it's 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 it, it, it's kind of like a um a, a journey through my musical past, if you like, or musical present—like most of the stuff I do—I write reviews about albums, but they tend to be tied in with okay, this is a point in my life when this happened. So there's a lot of meandering and nonsense about well, I was 14 and I discovered a guitar and right. that sort of thing. So there are albums that have um, influenced me as a sort of a person, or had an emotional impact, or sort of shaped my um, musical journey, if you like. So it's not really much sort of current stuff. I think the most recent one was Hard wired but you know right. it's um just sort of that you know musings really. mm, mm.
0: yeah no definitely i'll um i'll pop the link in the description as well because um it's been it's been really interesting reading those and you do touch briefly on on reload as a whole um you know mm. w- w- rather than getting into the songs in depth and it's interesting that carpe dm baby is one of your honorable mentions uh yeah. so you know i think we're going to differ slightly in our, yeah. in our appreciations there but talk to yeah. me about reload like do you remember where you were when you got that
1: Oh god. Uh so 1997 <laughs> um, New Labour. Yeah, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um yeah, um I well I can I can say for certain that I was stood outside uh, HMV in Cardiff um you know 20 minutes before the shop opened ready to get my copy of the right. album as I was with Load the previous year. Um yeah, I mean it was Trying to think back, I don't think they made too much of a big deal of the fact that it was, you know, a, um, a continuation of Load. I mean, I know the, the drums, especially, were from the same sessions, but mm. it did feel like a different album. There was, um, you know, aesthetically links as well, but but it it, it did it, it did feel like a different album. So in, out of the two, my preference is Load, but Reloads, you know, still got some good stuff on there, but. Uh Yeah, the dark 90s, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and um, we'll get into this song then, uh, Carpe Diem Baby as a track, Mm. and, you know... I, one of the things that I like to do before getting into the track is consult. I've got quite a few biographies about, you know, the band and stuff. And yeah. like Mick Wall and, you know, uh, Ian, Ian Bran- Branigan and all that sort of stuff. And just going into the index and seeing, you know, cause, oh, have they got anything about, cause obviously Carpe D and Baby, it's not for whom the belt, but it's not, you know, it's not of these <laughs> It's quite a, it's quite a minor one. The only comment that both of the authors have on the track is probably the worst ever title for a Metallica song. what <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah.
1: Y- yeah um um in the notes that in the notes that i've made for this song that the, the, there's a, a line that says let down by the use of the word baby yes <laughs> hetfield hetfield was in his baby phase um cuz if you you know on the cunning stunts thing you know the cunning stunts dvd it's you know Talica gives you heavy baby yeah, you know it yep. it was very much his thing and it is really a shame i think that you know we'll get into this a bit more later but the, the the lyrics as a whole i think of the song are the biggest letdown of the song and the use of the word babe in the title is is almost unforgivable
0: yeah <laughs> yeah i would say and um hetfield actually has it tattooed on him um it weirdly, does, yeah. which is kind of all oh, the brilliant lyrics this guy all the great turns of <laughs> phrases for him to immortalize yeah. that on his skin is just yeah it's befuddling really but yeah. but you know I've made no bones about it throughout Mm. these episodes that I've done so far. Load and Reload, they aren't really my bag, you know. There's Mm -hmm. certain tracks that I like, for sure. There's certain elements that I like. It's just, it's not the kind of, you know, and I'm not even being this sort of fresh purist or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm a huge fan of, say, Anger, personally, which I know a lot of people despise. Um, But for me... I guess with Carpe Diem, I think it's kind of a symptom of the album as a whole. The riffs come from this very familiar broth, like this, and Sliver, and and Bad Seed, which I like, and, you know, Better Than You. It's all just from this kind of slightly southern tinge, slightly, dare I say, like, lazy, creatively kind of invention. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. know how you
1: feel. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean... I was, uh, at the time when it came out, I was about two or so years into my first ever band. And we used to, technically, I'm not, you know, don't know much about the sort of notes, the theory of music. Mm -hmm. So whenever I would refer to Load and Reload, I'd always say, oh, let's play a 5-7 song.
0: Yes, yes. Because Load
1: and Reload are (laughs) all on the fifth and seventh fret of the E, A, D. Mm -hmm. They're all on that that key, in that octave. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, I, I understand what you mean. And it's that... Southern sludgy sort of, you know, blues based thing that I think is good, but it's, it's too, there's too much of it. I think across, certainly reload more i think than load but yes. you know across the two albums as a whole yeah
0: yes yeah 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 i'm so glad you said the five seven thing because like yeah i completely agree and, yeah. um reload and load as well are in a step down tuning so it kind of yes. just robs it slightly of its immediacy and i think if you want to go for that five seven really memory remains in the verses oh, God, that's yeah. you know re- that hammer on that like that refrain yeah. goes throughout the entire thing and that's kind of my problem with carpentry Indian baby it feels a little too familiar for me i think as a song
1: yeah yeah actually funny enough i was listening to it quite a lot obviously you know in the past couple of days and one of the things that i that struck me that i'd never thought of before is this this reference that people make to um our alice in chains yes for these two albums and i never picked up on it certainly unloaded did not you know there's a few harmonies but i think this song for me there's more alice isms in this yes. song than anywhere else i mean there's that the, you know the rake from the high string to the low string the bends you know it feels very much like a um you know a dirt era oh, alice in Chains song
0: yeah yeah i mean it's not like it's i wouldn't say it's a patch on dirt though oh god no i, I mean yeah. you know yeah dirt's incre- like what an album that is unbelievably good Out. i think rain when i yeah. die is the song i normally think of when i think of this mm. if you were gonna but that that's such a superior song but but yeah, it, yeah. you know it, it kind of plays into that thing and you know what you're saying earlier about the lyrics as well and and really metallica you know they it's not elvis costello it's not tom waits it's they're not like genius lyrics i think james is a better songwriter lyric wise earlier on um Mm -hmm. you know he had he had just a bit more like the topics he was exploring were a bit more interesting especially on on the black album and justice and even masters to a certain extent but when you look at these you know on a raw word document (laughs) (laughs) Hit dirt, <laughs> yeah. hit dirt shake tree split sky part why yeah. <laughs> what is this i like you know it's just it's nothing it's it, it as nothing as the riffs are to me it's
1: it's it's um yeah it, it's basically uh it sounds like demo scratch lyrics yeah. that he's like oh this is kind of the, the way the melody will go Um, and, and I'll change the lyrics later because I think that there are some things in the lyrics that are really good. There are, there are some lines in there, you know, that, um, um, it don't feel good until it hurts, you know, um, then make me miss you. You know, I think there's elements there that you kind of think, actually, if that theme was developed, Mm. that would be a really really interesting topic. I think the lyrics actually, it's funny that you sort of say you think that Hetfield's earlier lyrics are the best. I think for me, his best lyrics are found on these two albums in as much as that they become much more... Interior. I mean, yeah. he's great at writing the exterior. You know, you've got your blackens and you've got your fade to blacks and you have short straws and all those sorts of things. But I think when he starts to get a little bit internal and he starts talking about, you know, there's lots of things about, you know, substance abuse and addiction and, and, you know, issues with parents and cancer and things on these two records, I think that it's a real shame that on this song, which I think musically, actually, I really like this song musically, mm-hmm. I think that it's just, it, there could have been something. Dark, you know, like you got until it sleeps, which is quite light in terms of music. It's quite melodic, but the lyrics are really dark and deal with cancer. So it's kind of like it's a shame that he went with you know shoot the tree and you know that kind of thing. And he's just like, oh,
0: James, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, he just bleed the day. So I mean, obviously, Carpe Diem. He sees the day, and it's kind of yeah kind of cute to to a certain extent but yeah it's not you know uh, wash your face away with dirt as well it kind of again the the Alice in Chains there you know probably not purposefully yeah but not to you know draw lead piss wine it's just kind (laughs) of quite monosyllabic and you know it's not really taking me anywhere.
1: It's a little bit sixth form, isn't it? Yes. It's a little bit, uh, I'm in my first band and um, what words sound cool, uh, <laughs> these ones, I'm going to whack those down and you kind of think, well, James, you're a 35-year-old multimillionaire. Yeah. You know you, you can do a little bit better than that but you know i mean everyone has an off day
0: yeah 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 for sure and <laughs> you know i i could forgive a lot of, uh, of of load and reload if they weren't so excessive in length i think yeah. i think that's the problem so reload we've got 13 tracks it's an hour and 16 minutes which is, mm. a, which is a long album really for 13 tracks and the problem is you have only three of the songs are four minutes and arguably three of the best songs in my opinion are fuel memory remains and bad seed at least three of the most immediate kind of you know mm-hmm. numbers and then the majority like you know into 5 I mean carpe diem baby 6 minutes 12 it it doesn't justify that
1: yeah, well you know there there is there are people that think that um <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, yeah i the, 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 i think for me, the song really picks up. I mean, I like the the intro. I think the riff. I I really like the way that you get the riff, and the bass doesn't join in till about sort of twenty five thirty seconds mm. into the song. You know that sliding. There's a moment around the the three minute mark. I think it is. You know where it, where it does that breakdown. So you get doom 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 doom. Do, do. you know before it goes into the solo and then there's that um there's that that run on the guitar then i think that whole section is is awesome it Mm. just there's like three and a half minutes before that that it's kind of like okay well here's the e riff okay we're gonna go up to f sharp and then back to it and it's kind of a bit stayed in that point but you know yeah it works for me
0: yeah yeah I li- yeah i like the middle as well there is there is a power in this but you know this was in your honorable mention so you know i mean what is it about mm. this song what's the essence of this song that you really enjoy
1: um I just think it's got a groove to it, and I know that you know sort of that might sort of contradict the sort of five seven joke right, thing, right. but you know it's got a there's a groove to it, there's a heaviness, there's a there's a a power to it that I I like, and and I think that when I listen to it, you know the music takes me takes me away and I'm like, okay, I'm really enjoying this. Like my head's bobbing and my foot's tapping and I'm ignoring the lyrics until the chorus. Cause I think that's when it's acceptable to then <laughs> mouth the lyrics because right. you're not, you know, sort of, it's just, I don't know. It's, 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 it feels a bit dark. It feels a bit sort of dim, in terms of the the attitude or the atmosphere it's creating you know Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah i i feel that and i i feel that there is this there's something in the song like you know i tweeted about a week ago that it was maybe the worst song metallic has ever recorded (laughs) (laughs) I, I, i slightly you know i slightly regret that i don't know if you're aware john of metal up your podcast I, I, I know those chaps well yes yes yeah uh they recently they just did uh, as as luck would have it their reload episode mm-hmm. and they're quite big fans of reload and mm-hmm. i got a mention i think i was mentioned like four times in the episode <laughs> as as being a sort of pariah in in their eyes sort of thing and they mentioned the tweet and you know they they were sort of getting like they're they they do not sort of go under the fingernails of the song because they've got a lot of stuff to cover they they do that and yeah, yeah. stuff like that so i didn't dig into it as much but n- not much of what they said really sort of stuck with me and, uh, you know i mean Music, you know, obviously is completely personal, and I want to kind of reiterate that, that this is just our our opinions, good or yeah. bad, and we're not saying that yours is wrong or anything like that. Like, I do get that, like, completely, but there's just, you know, in the same way that we're talking about 5-7 riffage, Kirk has a 12, four, 12 14 problem with his solos. Like, oh, you gosh. know, he is boxed in in these oh, eras, yeah. and it's just, you when, you when you listen to stuff like... I don't know, fade to black, outro, or shorty straw. It's like, this guy's a guitar hero, and then you listen to Load and Reload, and you're like, this guy's an amateur? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. What I would say in response to that, though, is that he, I think what he's doing on this album is he's playing to the song. Yeah. So you're not going to get your puppets, your blackened, your hit the lights, Mm. solos, because those songs aren't in this in this catalogue in this in these two records so what he's doing is he's i think he's always just playing to the song so there's much more I mean, maybe not so much in the solo but generally the approach of the guitars is much more nuanced there's a lot more sort of background stuff going in carpe diem for example in the chorus it sounds like there's strings yes but i don't think that i think that's just like a that must be some sort of maybe it's strings i don't know it could be just like a droning guitar so i think there's a lot more nuance and and um uh, Texture Mm -hmm. to the guitars, you know. I mean, obviously, they did the whole thing with James left and Kirk panned right. You know, the first time they'd done that. So, yeah, he's not the guitar hero on this one. But then, when you've got the first five albums, or yeah, first five albums in the catalogue, I think he probably said all he needed to say. Yeah, and now he's he's interested in and don't you know? Let's we we have to obviously have to touch on the whole. Aesthetic change as well. He was very much, you know, he went back to university, didn't study jazz and blues Science. and film studies and things. So he was very much, I think, interested as was Lars in moving away from the long hair metal. Mm. And- and very, i mean people sort of say i've heard you know alternica you know right, as, as right. A, it, it's just it's not it's still metallica it's just yeah. a version of metallica that doesn't match up with what you think it is but that's fine you
0: know not you you but no you, no you. no but yeah the royal you yeah yeah no. yeah. Uh, yeah i get that and i think there are moments in this era this alternica era when i like where kirk's going i think on say ain't my bitch bleeding me the use of slide You know, Mm. it's quite a new introduction and works well. I just think here, as with a lot of the other Reload songs I've covered so far on the podcast, like Attitude and Bad Seed and Better Mm -hmm. Than You, and Mm -hmm. it's just... All of those solos are interchangeable. Like, you know, really a solo should inhabit its own environment. You should be able to sing it. It should be unique. (sighs) But it felt like there's just some stock riffs, all the wires coming in, all these going down the fretboard. And, you know, I mean, it's not... Not not too fulfilling for to me, and I, you know. But I think sonically, I think what you're mm. saying is right about texture. The reload and load that the albums sound great. You know, there, there's no oh, yeah. doubt they sound spacious and great. And I think James sounds great as well. Like you know, when he's mm. singing in that chorus, like he like maybe the lyrics are, but he's not half he's like. Well she fades away with death, like you know, he has he yeah. going deep within himself when he sings it.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the standout, you know, the MVP, if you like, of these two albums uh, for me is James with his lyric writing. I was trying to find something the other day, actually, in preparation for this, because I'm sure I read somewhere that he actually did a first stint in rehab around this time, Okay, which I think prompted the the, the introspection of Load. You know, I think his, his dad died of cancer as well before mm. the album came out, so that affected that. And I think that his lyrics and his performance, you know, the the drawing the stuff out of himself, it is is on this album is 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 as intense as he's got, and I know there's different definitions of intense, but for me this is like the raw Hetfield. I mm. think you know he's he's really digging in there, and I was reminded actually of Temptation from the Saint Anger sessions. Yeah, the, the same thing. I had the same feeling when I, you watch that in some kind of monster, and you kind of go, he's really tapping into something here that is is human mm. and real, and it's not I'm the fucking front man from the biggest band in the world, you yeah. know, it's it's him as a human.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I mean that's what's great about him. I agree. He is this giant rock star, but he can wear his heart on his sleeve in quite a genuine yeah. way that that doesn't feel um you know contrived. Ooh. And it's it's interesting because a lot of reload, you know, didn't get played live. Um, no. and this song has been played four times, but it got, its <laughs> deb- it got its debut fourteen years after Reload was released. Um, so it's yeah. only, only played four times. First time it was played was in San Francisco. On are you aware of you know when Metallica yes. did their sort of thirtieth anniversary concert? Oh yes, yes, oh, man. yes. That footage, and I want to mention as well, Clinton Ethan Metal Up your podcast. They did a fantastic episode on the Fillmore concerts where they sort of went through each day and what was going on. Really, mm. really interesting. They they they, they did a. Yeah. I kind of want to do it myself, but it's like they've done such a good job. <laughs> It's like, what could I really add? I don't know. But yeah, check well, the- out
1: the way those those guys are pumping episodes out you've only got to give it another six weeks and everyone have forgotten about theirs it's fine
0: that's true that's true Uh, yeah i'm I'm trying to get ahead of them i'm trying to like i'm like like i've got a cunning stunts episode planned because they haven't done one yet i'm just like well there's certain things you know Um, well you
1: know that clint has got that in the in the pipeline somewhere oh yeah
0: oh yeah no no definitely but but they haven't had ray burton on so you know i can can that's very true uh,
1: (laughs) That was very cool That was a very cool episode
0: yeah yeah that was that was yeah that was still still kind of yeah in shock about that but yeah they and this weirdly so they played it at that concert and then they played it um on the 2013 so when they did their orion festival run they also played it in tokyo in denmark so there must be you know okay i know i've denigrated this song but like yourself there's fans out there aren't there
1: oh yeah i mean definitely i mean there there are i I think that for for certain for a certain sector of fans um I was quite a, an active member of the message board and the pre, the the old message board on the right. public one, Met BB. And there was a quite an active vocal, sort of, I suppose, long term fans where there were certain songs where everybody was clamoring for them. And I think that the idea of them playing, like, if they busted out, I mean, you're going to see them a couple of weeks, right?
0: Yes, yeah, in Birmingham, October 30th. Yes, yeah, so not That's long.
1: That's right. So they might, you know, on that night, I'm sure, you know, you're there, and if they busted out Carpe <laughs> Diem. <laughs> You probably go, oh my! Well, you know, this is this is the fifth time it's been played live, so yeah. it'll have a cachet there for you. But I mean, I think if, I think it's to do with James. If James basically wants to play a song, I think it ends up on the set list, mm-hmm. and I think that he. From the footage I've seen, certainly of the 30th anniversary shows, he really enjoyed playing this song. I think it's right in his wheelhouse, vocally, in terms of the key, and, you know, it's not too notey on the guitar, yeah. so you can really just sink into it. So it'd be nice if they played it a bit more, although I do think the live version sound a lot weaker than the album.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, I haven't actually seen the live. Lo- I'm going to check that after this, yeah, but what, they just, I mean, because, I mean, it's not that complex of a song, so what was the issue, no. or...? It
1: just sounds thin. Mm. It sounds thin. I mean, obviously, you know, everything's going to sound thin when you've got a studio version. There's, there's, you know, Kirk, and there's James, and then there's the, what do they call it, the thickener yes. down the centre. So, you know, I mean, but, you know, the ending the ending of the album version, you know, when Lars, you can, you can very clearly hear him, he's hitting the floor, Tom, as well as the snare, and there's mm. a real crunch and thud there, whereas I... I've got the um the live Metallica version the shows the 30th anniversary shows and I think I've got the one they did it they do it again in Ross Kilda or Yes that was right somewhere yeah. around yeah, there. It was, yeah. And it just sounds it sounds live but it sounds thin because it's the live sound is not the you know the crunch tone of the studio so it loses some of its power I think an impact for me but it's still cool to hear it
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, what I, I, I love how open Metallica are online in the sense that Mm. all of their, like, you know, when they're, when they're sort of warming up for all their current stadium tours, all of those like 30, 40 minute clips are online. You can see them just messing about, trying out Mm. songs, going through and. And yeah, I mean, Carpe Diem, baby. Look, it's it's not it's not my wheelhouse, but I'm sure a mm-hmm. lot of people it is. Please comment below as well. What what do you think of this song? Do, do you despise me uh, for going against <laughs> this song? Maybe you do, but you know that that's fair enough. Let us know what you think. And um, John, obviously, you know you've been a fan for a while now, so you've you've seen yeah. the band live a few times, right?
1: I have. Yes, I saw uh, I saw them twice in first time I saw them twice in '96. So I saw them on the Load Tour. Wow. Uh, I saw them in Cardiff and in London. Uh, so that was great in fact in cardiff bought my tickets to london and then the day after i bought my tickets to london they announced a cardiff gig so i was like oh uh-huh. great well I, I live in cardiff so thanks for that guys um so that was good no got, got to be on the rail so when they all came in got to you know uh, do a high five with jason which no. was you know that was it I, I was like well you can just cut my hand off and we'll seal yeah. it now because i mean i was a bass player and he was my idol he was the reason you know i picked up a bass i mimicked him i l- looked at his start you know so yeah it was great and then um that was 96 i saw them again in 2003 i think uh mm. in london again in earl's court at the wow. end of the year I saw them do a TV show that same year um, as well. They did a show called Headliners, which I think is on YouTube. You can find it.
0: Headliners. Oh, is, that, um, is that a UK show? I've not heard of that. Yeah, it
1: was on Channel 4. There was like oh, okay. a series that they did where they did different things. Um, and they came on, they did like, I think, like a nine or 10 song set. And then they did Frantic again for CD UK, if you remember that. Oh, I remember. So, oh
0: yeah, after SBTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes it? yes so
1: they they put they put a decal on the stage and of course it's a TV studio with 200 metalheads in there so the boos were quite interesting when the CD UK logo appeared <laughs> I got to hang out with Phil Toll on that day as well really? he was there yeah he went out on tour with them because so, that was interesting because the documentary hadn't come out so when I watched it a year later in 2004 there was all that discussion about, you know, when does Phil come out with us? Does he come out on the road with us and things? And in reality, he actually did because he was out with them in the summer of 2003 when they were over in the UK. And they mm. did that secret show in da- Download. And he was there. So I got the chat with him and uh, he had a very nice sweater on, I can confirm. <laughs> and then I saw him again in 2008, I think, or nine, one of those two on the Death Magnetic tour up in Newcastle.
0: Oh my god, wow. Yeah, that's that that's insane. I've just actually got uh the Cardiff set list up from October the four October fourteenth, nineteen ninety six. Two um, days
1: before my birthday.
0: What, Corrosion of Confirmity, um, conformity. Conformity. Yep. Uh, who I know they love. I know they're like huge fans. Those guys. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that that's great. Oh man, this set list. So what? Creeping death. Sad but true. Ain't my beach. Whiplash. King. Nothing. One. What an opening seven tracks. Jesus. I, I mean,
1: we just. You, you can imagine. I was, you know, sixteen years old, just about to be seventeen. I was on the barrier. In the most, you know, the magni- most magnificent stage show I'd ever seen at that point in my life, you know, with the yeah. two stages and the four. It was, and it was my favorite band of all time. I was just like, well, if we die here i'm okay with that now oh, you know
0: God. yeah they've got a. Uh, I i mean metallica are so good to you say know, online they've got loads of photos actually of mm. the cardiff and yeah they're so they're so load era all of them like you've got know. kirk <laughs> with his leather pants and his mascara and oh man that is uh they, and oh J- yeah jason man i mean ov- obviously rob's great but you know the more yeah. I, the more you know the more research i do for this i really appreciate jason was like the beating heart of that band to a certain extent
1: yeah, I mean, Jason, the, 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 I think the reason why many people have, have Jason so close to their heart is a, is the fact that he was a fan before he became yep. a member of the band. You know, I mean, he there's that story where he would tell about, you know, started seeing them on the puppets tour and standing in front of Cliff and just looking up and just idolizing, you know. Mm-hmm. So he was a fan. I think that was to his detriment as well when he joined the band. I think he was far too much, you know, I think that's why a lot of the hazing happened as well. Obviously the grief of over Cliff's death and thing, yeah. but. You know, but yeah, I mean, he's just, he, he was the fan on stage, you know. He was the, uh, so I'm told the guy who was always first out to meet the fans, always last to leave. You know, he had time for people. He was the most down to earth, you know, made sandwiches to take back to the yeah, hotel so he yeah. could keep his millions. <laughs> you right. know, I mean, he, he he just was visual as well because James was stuck to a mic. He had, Jason, he had his windmill hair, mm, yeah, head, headbanging. Mm. It just, yeah, it was, a, you know. I know there are different opinions of him there are people who can't stand him but you know for me when i picked up bass and you know i was like well who's my favorite bass player this is my favorite band so how does jason do it he bangs his bass with his hand i'll do that too then you know it's that kind of thing
0: yeah yeah no completely and i mean it's weird because rob is currently the longest serving i think just recently officially the longest yeah. bass player for metallica but i mean you know they have i mean the bass players often such a kind of forgotten element of bands but considering the free they've had you know they really i mean arguably rob you know obviously i love rob but rob hasn't mm. kind of like formed them as much as you know uh, jason and obviously cliff as well but you know yeah. it's just uh incredible and um obviously you mentioned your your blog before is there anything else mm. you'd like to uh, you know shill or um
1: well I don't, I don't think so no i mean i i do um talking about podcasts and podcasts mm-hmm. that break down songs at a time i am tangentially involved with a podcast called pod of thunder which oh. looks at um uh, it does basically what you do with it's kiss songs oh great they, it's it's random every week it's a random song as okay. opposed to alph- alphabetical um so i i uh, basically, I run their YouTube channel for them. Um, and I do a site called Stats of Thunder, which collates all, they have a voting system. So I collate all the stats, and we've got graphs and charts and all sorts of very geeky, nerdy things, if you like, pie charts and things.
0: Awesome, yeah. I um, I, I do like Kiss. They're not, you know, the, I don't I don't know them that well, but I I like the yeah. early albums definitely. Um, Destroyer. Is that, that's the only album yeah. there that I really know, and yeah. I, th- I think that's a great record as well. But there's there's tons of Kiss podcasts, aren't there?
1: Oh god, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's it's great to be it's great to be on the sh- on here with you for a start, and thank you for having me. Um, but it's it's great to. Oh my god, I've got two Metallica podcasts to listen to because. Yeah. <laughs> The the, uh, the annoying thing was is that I've been bugging my two closest friends who are also Metallica fans from the 90s. We were in a band together. You know, mm-hmm. they're my longest serving friends. And um, I kept saying to them last year, you know, we should do – a Metallica podcast, you know, but it's based around our friendship. So we weave in stories of when we got to, you know, we went to see the Load album. They they took a big Metallica took a big truck out and played the album for free to people. Mm-hmm. Can you believe? Which I wouldn't do, you know? We went yeah. to that. All these things. I was like, come on, we should do it. and They were like, no, no, no. And then I finally got them to sort of say, okay, let's think about it. And then Metal like, Up your podcast arrived, and I was like, oh god, damn it. Yeah, they're just doing exactly what I wanted to do. Okay, maybe we do a pot of thunder thing, and then you arrived. I, well, then I found you, and I was like, "Oh yeah. god, damn it!" Yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah, the kiss, the kiss podcasting communities is is nuts, but you know. There are Metallica ones out there, as I know you guys and that sort of thing. So who knows? Maybe there'll be uh, there'll be more.
0: Yeah, yeah. There is. I, I love the sort of format of just going through, and I'd love to have a sort of a chart of what other bands have been explored because th- there is a Pearl Jam podcast that's just kicked off that's more like Metal Up your podcast where it's kind of album by album, which is great. I personally, I yeah. you know, I love doing these podcasts, and the Metallica thing isn't going to last forever. I think my next project. Is probably going to be a Guns N' Roses one. If that doesn't exist yet, I'm quite a big Guns N' Roses fan as well. Mm. And, it, and it's a bit more. There's not as many albums. Like I think yeah. it would probably be about a hundred episodes rather than like 160, or so maybe even less than that or something like that. But yeah, then yeah. you know, I, I mean, there's so many. Really, I'd love to do a Soundgarden one, a Thin Lizzy one, you know. But there's you know, not enough time in the day. There, <laughs> I, I got the idea from a Beatles one. There is a Beatles one out there um, yeah. called "Completely Beatles," um, where, where they just you know put it out of Beatles and go for it. But um, yeah, definitely check out a uh, pod of Funded check out uh john's uh blog as well We've got loads of great metallica stuff in there like i say he's going to be in the description um john this has been great thank you for coming on man thanks for having me on